0: Hey, welcome to the quest of all the things you've got going on today. We appreciate the fact that you would include us in your day. We're so glad that you are with us, especially if you happen to be checking us out. So before we get into the talk, we're going to open up with a word of prayer. And I know you've got stuff going on in your life. I know that we are in the middle of this battle between two kingdoms that we're talking about. And in that battle, there's a lot of stuff that we deal with. We need strength. So I just want to pray with you and for you. I want to encourage you to take all the anxieties of your life today and that you would give them to Jesus, that we would cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. Let's do that together. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, and first and foremost, we are so grateful for the life that we have, the love that we have. We are so grateful that you have forgiven us and that you have redeemed us, that you've brought us into your family, that you have rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, and you have placed us into the kingdom of light of your Son. And so today, we are so grateful for that. And we turn to you with the anxieties of our life. We turn to you with the cares of our life. We ask that you would step in and give us faith and strength and hope and joy for all the things that we're facing. Father, change our perspective, I ask, and that you would give us a kingdom mindset. Remind us that we serve you and you are the king of our lives. And the king of our lives is also the protector of our lives. And so... I'm so grateful. I ask that in the things that are going to be said today, that your spirit would speak to each one of us individually, precisely dealing with the things in our lives that we so need to hear from you. And Father, just thank you for this day. May you be glorified, not just in the talk, but in our lives. And may our lives be about your kingdom, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in a great series, the series that we've entitled Kingdom Come." I'm excited about this series for a few reasons. One, we live in the middle of this conflict of two kingdoms. There is a very real battle going on for the souls of men, women, and children. Just look at the world under the influence of Satan. Look at the confusion and the decline of the morality of society. Satan plays for keeps. I'm also excited because this series is about Jesus' message, and Jesus' message of the kingdom was his primary message during his ministry here on earth. And because it was important to him, it should be important to us. And another reason I'm excited about this series is the kingdom mindset that we need to develop protects us from the allurements and the distractions that we encounter from living in the kingdom that we live in, from living in this world. It's easy to get caught up in the emotions of living in this conflict of two kingdoms. Two kingdoms colliding. It can create emotions of fear, anger, and even apathy. And I believe it's one of the primary temptations that Satan uses against us. He uses these temptations and these emotions to take us out. He tried it on Jesus himself. If you remember, Jesus was fasting for 40 days before he stepped into his ministry here on earth. And at the end of those 40 days, Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness. And part of the scripture reads this way. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and the authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. It mentions a really important point to look at. You can write this down. The kingdom we pursue demands our worship. Remember, the kingdom is about the king of that kingdom. And there are only two kingdoms, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. You can tell what kingdom you belong to by who receives the worship of your life. Satan's aim was to make Jesus act according to his own will, rather than in obedience to the will of the Father. To put his own will and his own agenda ahead of the will and the agenda of the Father. So who gets the best of you? Who do you seek to please? Who are you devoted to? Who are you surrendered to? I want to mention this one more time so that we understand this kingdom that we're looking at. Remember the term kingdom is used over 150 times in the New Testament. 78% of those times are mentioned in the four Gospels. And of those, 95% of those are mentioned by Jesus himself. You see, the kingdom of heaven was the central theme of Jesus' ministry. Jesus spoke in parables. They were stories that explained the truths that Jesus was sharing. And in Jesus' ministry, he gave like 30 parables that that he spoke. But of those 30, 19 of them are about the kingdom of heaven, about the kingdom of God. So just as a reminder about what the kingdom of God is, first of all, it is the rule and reign of God. It is the authority of God in the lives of believers. Another part of that definition is the kingdom of God is also a present realm where God's authority and blessings dwell. It is a present realm within the lives of believers, in their hearts, where we surrender to the king and identify ourselves as people of the king. Another part of the definition is the kingdom of God is a future realm, where the fullness of the king's glory dwells, which would be heaven. This is where all things will be as they were designed to be. Our lives won't be deformed by sin and rebellion. So as we're looking and understanding the kingdom of God, something else we need to consider, you might want to write this down, is this. Every kingdom has a constitution. Every kingdom has a body of truths that govern the kingdom. Truths that give structure and guidelines. Truths that establish the values of the king and his kingdom. So it's important that we understand that the Bible is the constitution of the kingdom of God. And it establishes the truths and values of God. 2 Timothy talks about the scripture In this way, it says this, every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. And all this leads us to another point, something that we need to understand. You can write down the constitution of the kingdom can only be changed by the one who created it. In the United States, we the people created the Constitution so we the people can change it. We can amend it, and that's being done all the time, or at least they're trying to do that. So as our culture changes, so does our Constitution. That scripture that we just read reminds us that the scripture, the Word of God, is God-breathed. It is established by God Himself. Isaiah 40 speaks of this as well when it says, flowers and grass fade away, but what our God has said will never change. Psalms 119 says, the entirety of your word is truth and all your righteous judgments endure forever. They never stop, there is no end to it. The word of God never changes. The values and the truths of God have stood the test of time. And the word of God never changes because God himself never changes. Listen to this scripture. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi also says this, for I am the Lord and I change not. Our culture can change and in our change, our culture will seek to change our constitution. But the constitution of the kingdom of God, the scripture will never change. We live in a world that wants to change the words of God to fit its values. But as believers, we understand and we know that God's word is the foundation of our lives. It's what we build our lives on. Jesus said it this way. He said, these words that I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They're foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. In other words, there's strength and stability. And the strength and stability that God gives brings us strength and security in our lives because we trust Him, because He is what we build our lives on. His truths govern our lives, they're the constitution of our lives. Today we're gonna look at one of Jesus' parables where He speaks about the kingdom of God. And what is a parable? You can write this down. A parable is an earthly example with a heavenly truth. And that's what Jesus gives to describe what the kingdom of heaven is like, a simple story with a profound meaning. So let's look at this parable of the four soils. It's found in Matthew 13. You can follow along if you want. He, Jesus, told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and as he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock, and the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out these tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So let's look at what this parable means. And the first thing you can write down is this. The seed is the message of the kingdom. The seed is the word of God, the truth of God, that gets shared and invested into the lives of people. The message of the kingdom is a message of hope. The message of the kingdom is a message of life change. That the price of sin has been paid for by Jesus' death, and the power of sin has been broken by the resurrection of Jesus. Because of our king, Jesus, we can be citizens of his kingdom. We can do life and share life with the king both in this life and the life to come. Let's look at another definition about this parable, and it's this. The soil is the condition of our heart. As you listen to the story, there are four different conditions of the heart, or soils, that are given. And each one produces different results. And we'll look at each of these conditions in a second. But this soil issue brings up another important point that you can write down. The only one responsible for the condition of your heart is you no one else bears the responsibility of your heart but you and the condition of your heart is key to your understanding and involvement in the kingdom people want salvation to be about head knowledge they want it to be about religion but it's not it's about the heart it's about relationship it's about life change this is a parable about the condition of our heart that directly affects how we receive and respond to the kingdom of god in our lives It makes Proverbs 4.23 really important when it talks about our heart and it says this, "...guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life." The condition of our heart affects how we live this life and where we will be in the afterlife. Again, I said this last week, but there is a very real battle going on for the souls of men, women, and children. And this parable is at the very heart of that issue, literally. It's interesting that the disciples asked Jesus why he spoke in parables, and Jesus said this. He replied, You've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understanding flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories to create readiness, to nudge the people towards a welcome awakening. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. Listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. See, the truth is people change when they want to change, when they believe they're ready to change. And if you're struggling today with this battle of two kingdoms, if you feel like you're being pulled to the kingdom of darkness, I want you to hear me. Satan will promise you what he cannot provide for you. He can't give you rest, he can't give you purpose, he can't give you hope. He can't give you peace or new life. He cannot fill the void or the emptiness in your life. All he can give you is lies because he's the father of all lies. So let's look at what this parable means. Remember, four different types of soil represent four different conditions of the heart. And the first condition is this. The soil along the path is about a hardened heart. A hardened heart is a closed heart. It could be an injured heart or a calloused heart. It's a deadened heart. There's no life to it. Jesus gives the description of this when he says it this way, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Sometimes this can happen because something's happened to us. Maybe we've been hurt or disappointed or maybe we've just grown stagnant in our faith. There's no life and there's no passion to our faith. We have no hunger for the word of God. And the only time we're even exposed to the Word of God is on Sundays because we don't personally spend time in the Word. A hardened heart can also happen because we've protected sin in our lives. When we know that something's wrong, we're convicted about something in our life, but we ignore that conviction, we don't deal with it, we don't address it or confess it, we just excuse it. Our hearts can get hard and calloused. And it can also happen because we've never really opened up our hearts to God. We've never surrendered our lives to Jesus, our King. We can come to church and we can do life with other people, other believers. We can go through the motions and yet our heart is disengaged. I like how the message describes this. It says, when anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in. In other words, we can hear about the hope of the kingdom, but we do nothing with it we don't pursue it and we don't seek to understand it. So the way that we break up this hard soil in our lives, this condition of our heart is this you can write down. We break up the hard soil when we willingly accept the message. When we open up our heart and surrender our heart to the message of the king. When we seek to personally know the king as well as the kingdom. And we personally seek to apply the kingdom to our lives it breaks up the hardened ground another part of the soil that's talked about is this the rocky soil and it's a purely emotional heart they may be sensitive and fragile when the problems of life hit them there's no strength to deal with them there's no strength that sustains them Jesus explains it this way he says the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy there's an emotion but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long and they fall away as soon as they have problems or they're persecuted for believing God's word. See, when problems of the world become greater than the truth of the word, then we're not hearing the word. For some people, there's this initial reaction to the gospel. There, there's initial reaction of, of joy, but the truth never takes root in their lives. A lot of times, they're engagement with God or their encounter with God is just purely emotional. And these individuals many times are always looking for an emotional high. And when things are not emotionally high, they find themselves discouraged and willing and ready to give up. So the way that we deal with these rocks in our lives that won't permit us to grow is this removing the rocks requires that we increase our personal commitment to the King. See, our commitment to Jesus and the kingdom is not based on our emotions or how we feel. It's based on the king himself. It's based on relationship with the king. We know as followers of Christ, the word of God, the message of the kingdom reminds us that there's going to be difficult times and that that's going to build strength into our lives. It also reminds us that we're going to be persecuted because they persecuted the king before us. And if they persecuted Jesus, they're going to persecute us. So we have to have an expectation of those, which means if that is a reality of following Jesus, then I need to increase my commitment and not make my commitment based on the emotions that I feel, whether good or bad. Another soil that we're looking at is this, the soil among the thorns. And that is a distracted heart. Life is full of distractions. It's when we embrace the distractions and the distractions become the focus and they become a part of our lives. They become the things that we pursue in life. See, we're making temporary things the important things in life. And the eternal things become secondary in life and they become unimportant Jesus described it this way, he said, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Jesus said the thorns represent the cares of this world. Literally, it means the worries of this age, as well as the deceitfulness of riches. Those become the focus of our lives. I would even say those become the passion of our lives. And this pursuit, these worries and this pursuit of riches crowds out our pursuit of the message of the kingdom. So the way that we deal with the thorns in our lives is this, you can write it down. We have to make the message of the kingdom our number one priority, our first priority. You are the only one that establishes the priorities of your life. You establish what is important, what is essential, and what is not. The message and pursuit of the kingdom has to be our intentional priority. It can't be secondary. I would encourage and ask you, what is your primary pursuit? What is the focus of your pursuit? And I would say make the king and his kingdom your priority pursuit. Another soil is this. It's the good soil, and that's what I'm terming as a ready heart. The good soil comes from good preparation, being ready. It's a heart that has fully embraced the kingdom and is willing to be invested in the kingdom. It's not looking for the easy life. It's not looking for the comfortable life. We understand our purpose in life is to expand the kingdom and to serve the king. A ready heart is a hungry heart it's ready to act on the word of god the message of the kingdom listen to how jesus explains it. he says the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand god's word and then produce a harvest of 30 60 or even a hundred times as much as had been planted so something that we can write down is this a ready heart is a prepared heart are is your heart prepared Are you prepared for whatever God has for you? Are you prepared for whatever God wants to do through you? Are you prepared to be a part of the kingdom? Are you strong in your faith? Is your heart strong and determined to be about the Father's business, to be about the King's identity and His business? I like how the message says it. It says it this way. The seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in the news and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. I would say make the message of the kingdom your message. Let the message of the kingdom move you to share it with others, to expand the kingdom, to enlarge the kingdom. So really quick, three ways to cultivate a good heart, which is what we need to allow the kingdom to have its way in our lives. And the first one is this. We need to hear God's word. Make time to take in God's word. Pay attention, open your heart, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand. And I would ask this question, do you own a Bible or does the Bible own you? See, when our heart is ready and open for God's truth, we are eager to listen. I would encourage you to find what distracts you from listening and then eliminate that from your life. Another way that we cultivate a good heart is this, we accept God's word. When you read the word, are you really listening? Are your ears tuned in and open to hear from God himself? Have you embraced the message from the king because it expresses the heart of the king? Be hungry to learn. And one last way that we cultivate a good heart is this, we apply God's word. Understanding comes from applying. Don't look for something that moves you emotionally. Allow the scripture to direct you and move you physically. Look for what you are to do. Don't look for how you're supposed to feel. I think a lot of times that's what happens is we read the Bible to feel something, and if we don't feel it, then we kind of get discouraged and we just go, oh, I guess there was nothing in it for me today. There's always something in the word of God, but we're looking and listening, not completely with good ears. We're listening emotionally. James talks about this when he says this, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. So what kind of soil does your heart reflect? You can have good soil. Well, the message of the kingdom produces fruit in your life where the kingdom is expanded and growing. And I want to encourage you to take steps in that direction. See, the message of the kingdom is a message from the king. The issue is what do you do with that message? What do you personally do? I want to encourage you to embrace it and I want to encourage you to run with it, to be a citizen of the kingdom and a citizen of the king. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you, and there's many that are listening that may not have a personal relationship with you. They may not be a a citizen of your kingdom. They may not ever have surrendered their lives to Jesus the King. Father, I ask that as they are asking for that, that they're asking you to be the center of their life, that, Father, you would step in and that you would bring change into their lives, that you would bring life, that you would soften the hardened heart, that, Father, that you would toil up that ground that has been hardened and father that you would allow your love to just penetrate their hearts may they experience new life and new love may they experience your faith and peace and joy may they experience you and may they experience your rulership as they submit to you i ask for all of us father that you would help us to watch our hearts help us to consider the condition of our hearts that we don't allow distractions in our lives. We don't allow the emotions of life to deter us from the message of your kingdom and the ministry of your kingdom. Father, we want to be about your business. We want to be about the kingdom. We don't want to be about this world and we don't want to pursue the things of this world. So help us to set our heart on you and help us to set our heart on your kingdom and how we play our part in your kingdom. And we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you guys so much for being with us today and making us a part of your day. We hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Be about the kingdom, consider the heart and guard it from the distractions of this world. Guard it from the emotions of this world that would prevent the kingdom from being carried out in your life. God's best to you. Have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye.